0: On this Tuesday morning, as we have Week Eleven underway in Fantasy Baseball, I'm Adam Azer with Scott White, who for today gets to experience what I get to experience every day: working from home. How great is this, Scott? White? <laughs>
1: Podcasting from home. That's, that's right. That's completely foreign to me. Yeah, it's the best. So you're getting a peek into my bedroom, Adam. I how see. How does that
0: feel? I see some. Okay, I got. We got a heart. We got two pictures behind Scott in frames. They're both white with a black picture frame. There's a heart, and oh, it's it's like a sweet. I'm not gonna read it out loud, but it's sweet. It's yeah, very yeah, nice.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I did a lot of decorating.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so so listen, as Scott is at home, the reason for this is Scott Scott's got something going on today, so we had to get this podcast early. It's 8:25 a.m. right now. This is the earliest we've ever done a show. Um, and it was either this or we were going to have to do it late in the afternoon. So please, uh, I, I apologize for any audio issues we may have. I know it's not going to sound perfect today, but it should sound pretty good. And we're going to get you your fantasy baseball knowledge right now. And we're going to help you out online tomorrow. If you don't know what Reddit is, it's a very cool website, R-E-D-D-I-T, Reddit. Uh, they do Ask Me Anythings, A-M-A's. And we will do hopefully one a week, and we're looking at Wednesdays. So tomorrow, at I'm thinking about 2 o'clock. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. You can follow Scott at CBS Scott White. Uh, 2 o'clock, plan on tomorrow doing an AMA on Reddit. Uh, so you go to reddit.com slash r slash Baseball. Or you can just search for the Fantasy Baseball page, and you will see us there. It might only be me tomorrow, because we are shorthanded this week with Heath out of town all week. Uh, but anyway, we'll answer a lot of your questions, I'll help you set lineups, help you make trades, whatever it is. Let's get into the into, uh, yesterday's action. We had a blown save in Washington. We have another update in the Phillies, Phillies bullpen. we got to talk about Aaron Judge in our email of the day. The MLB draft was yesterday, at least the beginning of it. And I'm mad about a few things. I'm sure you're all interested to hear why. So... Let's start with this. Who are you feeling better about going forward? And your answer in the mic check surprised me a little bit. Masahiro uh, Tanaka or Rick Porcello? Tanaka or Porcello, who are you feeling better about going
1: forward? So am I going to switch it up on you now? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm going to still go with Masahiro Tanaka because I, I feel like I have a basic idea what's going on with him. Because when he's been great, he's been great. You know, he's been everything we drafted him to be, big strikeouts, but just a dominant up front-line starting pitcher, as was the case against the Angels in this most recent start. He was locating his pitches better. Um, seemed like the target Austin Romine was setting up for him exaggeratedly low. It seemed like that seemed to help. So, uh, so it, it, it feels like there's more upside to be had here than Porcello, who I think has gotten some bad luck i mean he has the highest BABIP of any pitcher in baseball uh you know and it's hits mostly that have done him in eight plus hits and seven straight starts but i'm just we haven't seen a good enough individual start from him this year for me to think he's going to be any kind of ace for you they're probably both by lows but i would prefer tanaka
0: Well, look, after 12 starts for Porcello, I noted that he basically had the same numbers he had a year ago after 12 starts, and then he turned it on, it was amazing, and won the Cy Young, with a 22 and 4 record. Uh, but now it's 14 starts, okay? That was two starts ago, it hasn't really gotten any better. He had one terrible inning last night, Porcello. Uh, Tanaka, I, you know, I watched his entire start. 18 swinging strikes, and his splitter was much, much better. I'm not... Fully, I'm not like He's back, I'm not saying he's back I, There were actually no. Some, you know, there, it was a step in the right direction But there were some hard sure. hit balls He gave up a home run in the first inning Got a little bit it's lucky just, And
1: just one start, I mean we've seen these yeah, yeah. one star blips from him before
0: Right, and I think he's going to have another good one this weekend At least with strikeouts with the A's uh, that's why I started him and hopefully it pays off. But, uh, don't, I don't think you're jumping back on, we shouldn't fully jump on back, uh, jump back on board, excuse me. It's Scott's fault for making me do a podcast so early. Um, <laughs> with Tanaka, but good signs, good stuff. 18 swinging strikes, as I mentioned, on only 89 pitches and took advantage of a good matchup. Uh, all right. You want to know why I'm mad, Scott? I'm mad about a lot of things.
1: <laughs> Getting up early, apparently.
0: Yeah. That's one of them. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you for, uh, Making me, making me, you, you did this to me. <laughs> uh, I'm mad at, uh, I'm mad at myself for, gosh, for Jacob deGrom. I, I forgot to set my lineup. And I usually, oh. I usually don't get so mad about fantasy. But when I forget to set my lineup, like that's just inexcusable. And I really need a win this week in this league I'm struggling in. And DeGrom's on my bench. Hanegar's on my bench now. It's a daily league, so I can get them in for their next, you know, for Hanegar today for DeGrom this weekend. But that sucks. I missed a complete game uh from DeGrom. And yeah. I,
1: you know what else I'm mad about with DeGrom? Run day for Hanegar. Four run day for Hanniger. I
0: know. Four for four. four like That sucks. Uh, DeGrom threw 116 pitches yesterday. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm mad about that.
1: Like that. I knew you weren't going to like that.
0: But what the hell? Like, be smart. He threw 118 pitches three starts ago. His next two starts, he he threw eight innings and gave up like a million. Well, I have the numbers: eight innings and 15 earned runs. So I didn't like that, Scott.
1: Yeah, I mean, correlation, causation. We don't know that one. They're one and the same. In this case, the pitches have been consistently high for Degrom. He has had. Only one start in his last oh uh, what is it one in his last ten starts as he had fewer than a hundred five pitches I know it's crazy so you know eleven more I don't know that that's necessarily a breaking point i it's not a it's not a nice number to see one sixteen especially for a young pitcher who throws as hard as he does but I don't know that I'm just gonna Overall, I'm taking this start as good news, even with that pitch total. All
0: right. I mean, look, he did have uh, – DeGrom had four walks and six strikeouts. It wasn't the best start ever, but complete game one run against the Cubs is pretty good. You're going to take it, and he's in your lineup unless you're me. I'm mad because my printer jammed this morning, and it delayed me a little bit, so that was annoying. Um yeah. And I'm, I'm mad about pitching in general because, like uh, – Mike Fultonevich, why
1: did why did I start Mike fulton
0: What what the heck was I thinking?
1: <laughs> I mean, two star pitcher, right? Was it a points league? Or? No,
0: it was. No. You know what I was thinking? What were my, you thinking? My pitching has been so bad in the, that roto league that I was like, he probably can't hurt me anymore. Like I can pretty much only go up and whip an ERA. <laughs> no, I started he can't him. Hurt me anymore? <laughs> I started Matt Albers. Lost three oh. points in roto yesterday, but I, I want to know from you. Who, like, who are gonna be the reliable pitchers, okay? Because we got Dilson Lametted, we got Dan Stralied, we got Hyunjin Ryood, we're we're getting Faria, he's getting called up, he's a two-star pitcher this week, we got Sean Newcomb, like, we talked about some exciting guys yesterday. Who's gonna be reliable, Scott?
1: Well, I actually wrote a, a column for the website yesterday, it's up now, uh, kind of, kind of, Gauging just that among some, of the, a dozen pitchers, uh, a dozen young pitchers who've caught our attention on the waiver wire recently. And, you know, I can't answer that question definitively. You kind of just have to take your best guess, and if it doesn't work out, then switch to the next guy. Hopefully there's still some, some of that group still available, uh, when that time okay. comes. But, uh, I, Listed the pros and cons for each, and I organized them in the order I'd prioritize them, um, you know, without naming. Not all the pitchers you named there were among the 12, because I mostly f- focused on younger pitchers, but Sean Newcomb was very high on the list. Jacob Faria was on the higher half of the list. Um, Mike Fulton-Evich, he wasn't on the list at all, because I... I mean, the strikeouts haven't been consistent enough for me to believe that uh, what he was doing in terms of ERA was totally legit, and now that ERA has risen to 4.37, went from 3.48 to 4.37 in this start. So you know the season long numbers don't even look that great with such a crooked line, but it was it seemed like it was uh, a long time coming too, since he wasn't necessarily getting the dominance numbers that we look for with young pitchers. Now with Faria specifically. Him coming back for a two-start week, going today and, and should go Sunday, provided today is not a disaster. Now, you and I actually chose to to bench him, even knowing he was making two starts in our 16-team categories league yeah. because we, we looked at the matchup, what the other person was starting at, at pitcher, and decided, uh, you know, we have a good enough chance of winning. In, in this league, it's quality starts instead of wins. Quality starts and strikeouts that we didn't want to jeopardize ERA and WIP because we really thought we had those two in the bag. But in points leagues, any points leagues where I own Faria, I went ahead and started them. And obviously there's just those distinctions between the two formats. When you're not protecting ratios in a points league, you can take bigger risks.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I started Faria in a roto league as well. And this is actually a pretty cool column. Everybody should take a look at it. Sean Newcomb is up there, as Scott mentioned. Zach Godley is up there. We just don't know if he's going to start this week, do we?
1: Nope, and that was among the cons yeah. I listed for him.
0: Now Joe Ross is on there as well, and Ross is gonna start tonight, and he has a two-star week, and I decided to sit him because I, I thought about it, and I said, I think with Joe Ross, I'm looking at his last start, which was absolutely brilliant against Baltimore, and I'm really just, I'm taking the, you know, Baltimore was, just didn't wanna play. You know, it was a makeup game, uh, I don't think they had Manny Machado, and I, it just seemed to me like, That had more to do with Baltimore and the matchup in that particular case. But we'll see. That's why I didn't start Joe Ross in this start because he was terrible before that. Um, We'll we'll see what he does tonight. And then you have Jordan Montgomery. I think that Montgomery – oh, man. Looking at all the pitchers on this list. I won't say all the names because I want people to go read the column. I think Jordan Montgomery, who's about 66% owned or something, might have the highest floor. I think he's a pretty safe pitcher if you're just looking for, like – Quality startish stuff and go, good chance for a win. Respectable uh, ratios and, and whatnot. I think Jordan Montgomery is pretty safe.
1: Yeah, I agree, and he's in the upper third of the list, right? I have him fourth among yeah. the twelve, mm-hmm. um, in part because we've we've only seen, I think, one genuinely exciting start from him, and that was the last turn. But top twenty in swinging strike rate, so there are hopefully more of those in his future.
0: Alright, now here's another reason why I'm mad. So I, I try to help the listeners out. I try to help the fans out. I said, my official stance on Joe Ross is he took advantage of a tired, disinterested Baltimore team in his last start and I am not starting Joe Ross this week. That was a tweet. Somebody okay. retweeted me and put Joe Ross in the damn tweet.
1: Oh, I hate when they do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why would you do that at, it's not Punch? Uh you stink. Why would you do that to me? Like
1: just They're trying to hold you accountable, Adam. They they want they want to unleash the fury because I'm sure Joe Ross can give a completely yeah. nuanced and and fair interpretation of Joe Ross.
0: Yeah, no. I I'm sure he doesn't care at all either. Uh anybody stand out yeah. to you, you
1: yesterday? Sometimes that's happened and the players gotten involved.
0: Oh, that's that's not cool. Like Yeah. At least I didn't say he stinks or anything like that. I just said I'm not starting him. Um, alright. So any, any standouts for you yesterday and Wednesday's games? I do want, or Wednesday's games? Too early, Scott. You did this to me. Too early.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Monday's games. Uh, we are going to get to some emails at fantasybaseball at CBSI.com and sort of let the emails guide the show a little bit today. I, I think, uh, before I get to your standouts on Monday's games, Matt Albers blew a save. I was watching this and, uh, the Nationals broadcaster seemed to think he was overthrowing which might make sense considering, you know, he was getting his save opportunity. You know, this is Matt Albers' moment to shine. And he was throwing a lot harder than he usually does, according to the broadcast. And that was a sign that he was overthrowing, and he was very wild. And he mm-hmm. was ter- absolutely terrible. And they're going to make a move. They have to. So um, there's that. And then Pat Neshek pitched the seventh inning. So if you picked him up, that might be a total waste p- for the Phillies there. Pat Neshek pitched the seventh. And that's your closer update, Scott. Who stood out to you?
1: So, uh, I, I'm going to say Josh Harrison stood out to me because he has, he hit his eighth home run, which, you know, puts him on pace for close to 20. His batting average is up to 311. He's on a hitting streak right now. That, I compare it to his 2014 season, the one where he was a fantasy mainstay and then kind of underwhelmed the two seasons that followed. He hit 315 that year versus 311 this year, and a lot of the the batted ball tendencies he's showing this year in terms of hard contact rate, it's his hard, high, highest hard contact rate since then. The line drive rate is very high. Uh, I think there's a chance Josh Harrison is. Close to a fixture in mixed leagues lineups. Now, obviously, versus 2014, that the whole hitting landscape has changed, and the threshold for a mixed league caliber hitter is, is even higher. But the fact that Harrison is, I believe, triple eligible, second, third, and outfield, um, I am not, I am not going to call him a sell high. Let's just say.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so th- this is what's so tricky about fantasy baseball. Yeah, Josh Harrison, I, I would say that he could have fit in the one-hit wonder, uh, segment we did a few shows ago, based right. on his 2014 batted 315 with, uh, 347 on base and 490 slugging. And his slugging percentage, the next two seasons, has been 390 and 388. And unless you're a massive base dealer, which he hasn't been, if you're slugging under 400, you're not good for fantasy. Uh, you know, maybe if you're a shortstop, I don't know, but, um, so yeah, I don't know. I really, uh, it's just like, it feels like he should be a sell high candidate. Uh, he's the, by the way, Harrison is the number seven second baseman in points leagues. Number 13 in Roto right now. Huh? What do you think? You're, 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 I mean, you already said,
1: I, I mean, I, I just think he's useful. The multi-eligibility thing. I, I don't, I, I could see, like, I don't, I don't see his, his, uh, his percentages improving from here. So, you know, if, like, I wouldn't be afraid to trade him if I felt like I was getting face value for him, but in, in, in certain leagues where that eligibility is especially valuable, certainly valuable, certainly daily leagues, it, it, it's just going to be hard to replace that specific player that Josh Harrison is, so I, I don't, like I'm not actively shopping him in those formats.
0: Alright, Harrison is by the way uh, another one of these players with more fly balls this year and a higher home run to fly ball ratio, which is something I noticed a lot from last year. Uh That, you know, just like random players, and again, you can never remember off the top of my head, but it was always like, oh, fly ball ratio up, home run to fly ball ratio up, and it lasted for a season with those guys. So maybe maybe Harrison, who's got eight home runs, can give you more than 15, and that would be nice. Mm-hmm. All right, let's read an email of the day. It's from Jake. Thinking about the Aaron Judge love so far this year, are we in for a repeat next year of what happened with Trey Turner coming into this season? I remember constant debates on whether Turner is a first-rounder or not, followed by him not living up to the hype and people freaking out. What are the odds we go through this with Aaron Judge if he keeps up the pace this year? And by the way, Judge is the number two hitter in points leagues behind Paul Goldschmidt, and now he is the number one hitter in Roto after a two-run oppo um, right center field blast to uh decide the game last night. Hooray for the Yankees. Uh but yeah, like let's let's look ahead to the future here with Aaron Judge, and I have a, a cool stat about um, his strikeouts. But what do you think, uh like do you project him to be a first round pick next
1: year? No, not right now. He is in my top ten outfielders he's been for a while. I think there's going to be a lot of variance with him from year to year because of his strikeout tendencies, because of his size. Like it's it's his profile I think is the most similar to Giancarlo Stanton and we've seen that from Giancarlo Stanton too some years he looks like no questions asked first rounder and some years you know he's 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 kind of frustrating he he kind of lets you down given where you chose him and I think we may see some of that through from judge throughout his career uh, I'm not interested in selling on him now because like he has, if, if we're just looking at in terms of exit velocity on individual hits, individual batted balls. Oh, he has does he have the five, five hardest hit balls? Of the highest six. Five of the six.
0: My goodness. Yeah,
1: yeah. And John Carlos Stanton, of course, is the other one because John Carlos Stanton, we're used to seeing dominate that category. Did, so you, did,
0: did you see Aaron Judge's home run on Sunday, the four hundred ninety-five footer? I did. Oh my God,
1: it was incredible. Yeah, and that was the day after he had the highest exit velocity in 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 recorded history in Statcast history on a home run and usually the 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 highest of high exit velocities aren't even on home runs. They're on line drive singles, you yeah. know? So yeah, an impressive two-day stretch and then he added on another home run yesterday. So there's there's no doubting his power potential and I think he is he hits the ball so hard that he is going to have a high enough babit sustain a high enough babit so that he's not you know his batting average isn't going to plummet but is he going to have some cold stretches at times yeah probably one is upcoming this year and next year you know just because the hype is if, if assuming he maintains this pace just because the hype is going to be so high it'll it'll probably be hard for him to live up to it but if we're going to further the Trey Turner comparison, I mean, Trey Turner's numbers haven't been nearly as good as last year, but he's still been a really productive player.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd still say he's been a little bit of a fantasy disappointment, but at the same time, like, that's the good thing about steals is, you know, they, speed doesn't slump, right? And and mm-hmm. you knew he was going to steal you a lot of bases. Judge has five steals. We don't expect him to be that, so... You know, if he does slump next year, it's not going to be. There's not going to be the safety net that Trey Turner has with steals and runs.
1: At I think. Same. I think the safety net is how hard he hits the ball, his exit velocity. All right, but
0: listen to this, Scott. So, so right now, Aaron Judge is. If the season ended today, he's the MVP and cle- he's clearly the Rookie of the Year, and he's probably the MVP. Um, he would be the third player in baseball history. Uh, I, th- I know Ichiro. I read it this morning. I think Fred Lynn, maybe uh rookie of the year and mvp in the same season but it's the batting average that really stands out for aaron judge he's batting 347 with 22 home runs and he has the 10th most strikeouts in baseball so i looked at batting average and strikeout leaders last year and this year this year there are 3 players in the top 40 in strikeouts that are hitting better than 288 i think sano is hitting 288 um, three players hitting better than that in the top 40. They are Aaron Judge Who's batting 347 and two guys on the Rockies. And we know Coors Field does a lot for your batting average. Mark Reynolds and Charlie Blackman. So, in other words, if you're in the top 40 in strikeouts, you're probably not hitting 300. Last year, the top 40 in strikeouts, only one hitter hit 300 and that was Freddie Freeman. There were a few hitters who hit around 290. So, and there were, and by the way, in these top forty, like there are a lot of terrible batting averages. I mean, there's your Kyle oh, yeah. Schwarbers, there's two twenty hitters, there's two thirty hitters, and then there's Aaron Judge who's hitting three forty seven. So what do you think a realistic batting average for Aaron Judge is
1: rest of season? I would probably put it at two seventy five. Okay. Like going forward, rest of season, two seventy five. Yeah, rest of season. I'm okay. gonna peg him as about a two seventy-five hitter. Um and that might be a it might be a little on the optimistic side. I'm just like I, I'm I'm trying to pay more attention to how hard the player hits the ball and, and, and you know what kind of line drive rate he has, precisely because of Freddie Freeman, who I uh I kind of too long underrated because of his strikeout rate. Um, and Aaron Judge really excels in those two measurements. I think high Babbitt is going to be the norm for him, and, and 275 should be sustainable.
0: Okay, then. And, uh, Scott, do you have anything to say about the MLB draft,
1: which was yesterday?
0: Any Anybody who's close to coming up that we should know about?
1: Um, I wouldn't... No, I mean, nobody. nobody's jumped out to me yet. I'd probably need to dig into it a little more. Uh, but there were a couple of interesting collegiate players taken in the top five. Brendan McKay for the Rays, who's kind of a two-way player, and it's not 100% clear that the Rays are committed to him just doing hitting or pitching. But it seems like they mostly want him for his bat, which should allow him to... Speed to the majors pretty quickly He was the fourth overall pick So that's Brendan McKay And then the Braves took Kyle Wright Out of Vanderbilt, number five And those Vanderbilt pitchers tend to move quickly David Price, Mike Minor, Sonny Gray So we're not talking this year For those two Probably not next year either But they are going to be very high On my list of targets in Dynasty Leagues
0: Okay, hey, speaking of of playing both sides of the field, we gotta pay attention. I am I'm looking at his eligibility and it's not um it's not showing up and I I guess that makes sense. But I believe you pronounce it Jimenez, Chris Jimenez, the backup catcher for the for the Minnesota Twins.
1: I think it's I think it's Jimenez, but I'm not I'm not hundred percent confident.
0: Same guy though. He has yeah. made five appearances at a new position, Scott. You know what position that is? Pitcher? Relief
1: pitcher, yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> Can wow. you believe that? Already. I know, it's crazy. They've they've I, given up I, some I honestly runs. didn't know he even, even had one. So
0: uh yeah, no, I just read it yesterday. I read it in the box uh, in the recap this morning. Uh so if you're looking for an RP, Chris Chris Jimenez, yeah. no, he's not yeah. eligible. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but, but we shouldn't do that. Very funny. <laughs>
0: All right, news and notes. Tyson Ross likely to start against Seattle on Friday. Kyle Hendricks hopes to return this weekend. Joanna Cespedes left with a heel injury, and he says it is not serious. His teammate, Michael Conforto, was scratched with a back issue. He could miss another game. He could play today. We shall see. Uh, We mentioned Jacob Faria being called up to replace Matt Andres in the rotation. He'll start tonight at Toronto. Chris Davis left with an oblique strain. Uh, Chris Davis of the Orioles and you know that that could definitely be a long you know a month let's just say could be and Baltimore moved Trey Mancini to first base put Su Kim in the outfield Manc- I think uh regular playing time for Mancini now
1: he had pretty much been getting that anyway playing a lot in left field um I don't know how exciting that is clearly he has some power 10 home runs already and uh and and so at least in deeper leagues we need to pay attention to him, but bad strike to the walk ratio and there's just so many good hitters, particularly at those two positions, first base and outfield, that uh I'm not particularly moved to add Mancini.
0: Okay. Lance McCullers is on the DL with a back injury. It could be a ten day stay. Um Francis, I believe I heard it pronounced Francis Martez, will start for Houston on Wednesday. He made his major league debut out of the bullpen. And Brad Peacock is going to pitch today on three days rest, so uh, I'm not going to start him.
1: What Uh, would it be other than Francis Martez?
0: No, it's going to be him.
1: No, no, the pronunciation.
0: M-E-R-T-E-S, Martez?
1: Francis Martez?
0: That's how I heard it, I thought.
1: Okay. As opposed, so Martez as opposed to Martez. Yes, is that what you're saying?
0: Or Marty's? You know, I heard that pronounced Marty. Marty's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manny Machado returned and he stole his fourth base in base base space of the seasons. As your fault, Scott, It's Too early. Uh <laughs> Gene Segura took infield practice. Ryan Zimmerman sat again. He could play today. Jake Arrieta has a cut on his thumb. Of course, but too many bliss Like, what is going on? They changed the baseball or something. Pitchers are doing something different that's causing all these blisters. Yeah. This, this is
1: a friction cut too. Uh, Joe Madden pointed out it wasn't like he cut his thumb making a sandwich. It was, it split open from pitching. So it's, it's along the lines of a blister and it's, it's annoying.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because I used to cut myself a lot. Like when I got to start getting the blue apron, I cut myself. Um, uh, I don't know Once uh, every few weeks I've gone months I need one of those signs Like it's been six <laughs> months Since my last kitchen accident I'm doing much better with that
1: Oh I, man Very
0: uncoordinated idiot a, In the kitchen
1: A whiz in the kitchen That's amazing Yeah uh, Gonna not, see you on not bad Iron Chef <laughs>
0: Yeah Uh, Camber Drogian Will make a rehab appearance This week Bud Norris uh, Blew uh, I think it was a blown save Yesterday I'm not sure I oh, know it was a tie game Um, But he took the loss Yesterday Oh, actually, I don't think he took the loss, because the run was charged name. But whatever, he gave up the home run. Josh Reddick has a mild concussion. That could mean more playing time for Marwin Gonzalez, who's 85% owned, and has an OPS over a thousand. Uh, Carlos Gomez could return this weekend. I hope that doesn't mean Delano de Shields will lose playing time. More likely it'll be Hoying. Uh, Amir Garrett's gonna start tomorrow, and Addison Russell, 77% owned. He has homered in two straight games, so hopefully he's coming out of it a little
1: bit. Yep, I was able to get him back in the league where I dropped him yes.
0: <laughs> Outstanding Now today is Team Name Tuesday We have some emails We have a lot to get to and not that much time Because I have to let Scott go early Uh So this is going to be a bit of a shorter show So let's do a segment real quick Then we'll do emails And Team Name Tuesday Buy low or heck no, Scott Buy low or heck no on Gregory Polanco
1: I just I have no interest. Heck, no. I, I actually, like I said yesterday, I was going to drop him in a twelve-team three outfielder league. I ended up trading him for a player I dropped the next day, so it was basically the same thing. Fair um, enough. Yeah, he's just like, even if he gets back to where he was last year, what is that like in this year's outfield landscape? Oh, it's very good. If he gets no, back to what he did, it is.
0: If he does, gets back to what he did pre-injury last year. Like, there's definitely a great player there, definitely.
1: Yeah, but that's a that's a big if. That's an if on top of an if, I feel like. Well, not Um, if
0: you're me. Not if he was your favorite player preseason.
1: I'm overloaded in outfielders in three outfielder leagues. Now, maybe in a five outfielder league, you know, if, if somebody, you sense somebody's on the verge of dropping him there, I guess technically we could call him a buy low, but I'm just not that motivated.
0: I think Polanco is a good Hail Mary, you know, like. You really need to shake things up, and you could get him as a throw-in in a trade. You, you know?
1: want to trade me Jamison Tyone for him? Well, that's crazy. Putting your money, put to put the money. Where no, that
0: nice. that's crazy. Like I would come on. Who Tyone? Yeah. Tyone is a top forty starting pitcher. No,
1: uh, I don't have him in my top sixty. You should. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't you think so? Yesterday,
0: don't you think you Look. should have him in your top sixty?
1: um i 'll look at it again today i 'm gonna tuesdays usually when I have my big rankings uh repair I guess I go through it all player by player i mean so the, the, i'll look at it again uh you know obviously he'll move up some just coming off the d l but um, you know he hasn't been a big met bat misser in his career so far i I think there's still a lot of uncertainty with him,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I would trade for Gregory Palonga. That doesn't matter. Let's move on. Buy, he- buy low or heck no? Ian Kinsler.
1: I'm going to call him a buy low, and, and that's even acknowledging that I had him on my preseason bust list for, like, the fourth straight year. Uh, but that one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio it tells me this isn't a case of a guy just getting old. I mean, he's still making contact at a high rate. Yeah, we like our our expectations may have gotten skewed a little because he hit 28 home runs last year, I think. But even when he hit 11 the year before, he was still a, a fantasy asset. So uh, I, I think he'll land somewhere in between those two and uh, be be a top 12 second baseman when all is said and done.
0: And that's Ian Kinsler. It reminds me a little bit of Dustin Pedroia, who you know we looked at the walk to strikeout ratio and thought maybe he was just unlucky. And he's been good since coming off the DL. And Kinsler's actually been pretty good since coming off the DL. Buy low or heck no, Trevor Story.
1: I'll call him a buy low. I think. I think what we're seeing, we've seen this year, is just is mostly a result of the the profile and how how much swing and misses in his game. Yeah, you know, I guess it can, we can tie it to, uh, you know, what the downside is for Aaron Judge. Um, and of course, Trevor Story, it seemed like he had a pretty good safety net with just playing half his games at court field. But, you know, the season's not over. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of correction coming. He still may underwhelm based on preseason expectations, but, um, he'll be, he'll be among, you know, among the very best shortstops in terms of home runs, and I, I'm going to guess he gets that batting average up over 240, 250 by season's end.
0: All right, that's Trevor story. And by lower heck no on Mark Trumbo. Strikeouts are way down for Trumbo, but you know what? The fly balls are down. The hard contact is way down. The home run to fly ball ratio is way down. But it's almost like career low levels of home run to fly yeah. ball ratio and, and hard contact, which means like. It's pro I mean, I feel like he's going to snap out of that. There's, he's not going to have his worst season,
1: right? Or one of his. Yeah, worst. something something seems a little fluky here, and I'm I'm mostly been enthusiastic by the improved about the improved plate discipline. Uh, I, yeah, the batted ball stuff, we're citing it more than ever this year, and we're starting to get a better grasp on what it means, but it's still not. Entirely clear to me how whether it's it's the cause or whether it's the effect, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. He has performed poorly in terms of power this year, so of course he's it's going to show he's not hit the ball as hard. But you know, it's,
0: but he's not hitting the ball. I mean, this is Mark Trumbo we're talking about. Like, right, he, he's right. just it's, not hitting just, the ball hard. That's why the home runs are down.
1: But is 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 it just oh well he's off to the slow start so he's not hitting. The ball is hard, or is, uh, yeah. is who he is? He doesn't hit the ball hard anymore, so he's not going to hit home run.
0: Like, that seems like a stretch. I Obviously, we can't answer that, but it just yeah. doesn't make sense that he would stop hitting the ball hard.
1: Right. No, I agree. I, I'm, I'm going to call him a buy low.
0: All right, Mark Trumbo. So the only one that, that Scott said heck no on is Gregory Polanco. And let's read some emails. But first, it's Team Name Tuesday. This is from Brendan. Sean Newcomb coming up. A lot of people have been suggesting this. Duke Nukem.
1: Duke Nukem. Do you remember playing Nukem in in PE class? I like-
0: Scott, I have been I have every show we've talked about Sean Nukem, I've been like, should I ask about Nukem? I thought it was the only one. I didn't know this was like a thing.
1: No, I I actually asked uh Jorge Andres, one of our our video host about it yesterday. He had heard of it too. I think he's from the Washington area originally. So, yeah, it sound it seemed made up, right? Like this uh, der- derivative, uh, you know, derivative of, of volleyball, right? But you catch it and and what? Throw it? Oh, you never, you never you never actually sports. played? No.
0: Oh, okay. So so uh Nukum, yeah, Nukum is like it's just set up just like volleyball, but there's no bopping. You just throw it. You catch it, you try to throw it over and find a, you know, a blank space in the other side. It's the easiest game ever. It's a ridiculous game. Like nobody would ever (laughs) as an adult get together to play a game of Nukem. It would be the worst, the worst game you've ever played. It's for kids. I remember
1: being fun in like, you know, third, fourth grade though.
0: Oh, you have played it? Okay, I'm sorry.
1: No, I played Nukem. Yeah, I brought it. Yeah.
0: Alright, well Duke Nukem. Or just, or just play Newcomb is the team name there. Chris, uh, suggests, oh, I don't know if I should read this, but I'm gonna read it anyway, cause it's early and, uh, I can't, I have no, no sense, no judgment right now. Um, <laughs> Chris wanted to share his wife's team name, Degraminatrix. Degraminatrix. Okay. Okay. Go, we'll just let that one marinate. Andy suggests Lester is Maurer, but it kinda looks like more Lester is more Maurer.
1: It's a stretch. It's a stretch. Yeah. Uh, this is
0: a really terrible um, day of Team Name Tuesday. Kristen Denver says, bat out of Helixon," and he attached a picture of the Meatloaf album. So, you know, A for effort. Uh, F to the listeners. You better come strong next Team Name Tuesday because this was a major letdown. Time for some important emails. FantasyBaseball at CBSi.com. This is from Anthony. Is Kyle Schwarber getting close to droppable?
1: Yeah. Now, in leagues where he's catcher-eligible, I wouldn't even dream of it. But he you know, hasn't started against like the last dozen left-handers the Cubs have faced, and for that reason alone, regardless of performance, I think uh, he's pretty fringy in mixed leagues, even like the upside. Now, obviously, he could get so hot that they start playing him against left-handers again. We'll we'll see a few steps before that actually happens. So I'd be comfortable dropping in the leagues where he's just outfield eligible, specifically three outfielder leagues. Yep. I, I may have already dropped him at that point if, if I owned him anywhere.
0: Uh, I he is Kyle Schwarber is like. The last guy that I've held out dropping, and I'm, I, he's, he's next, he's next. Cause, Cause he didn't start yesterday, he didn't start Sunday, and I know they didn't face a lefty yesterday, I don't even think they face a lefty Sunday. And when he bats, he bats ninth, and he stinks defensively, so they could take him out late in games, you're gonna lose in a bat yep. there. Yep. Uh, so Schwarber, it, it is getting close, but I, I, there is so much upside. Uh, here's a grade the trade from Wesley. Give away Kershaw, get Kluber and Paxton. Kershaw for Kluber and Paxton.
1: Um, I'll give that a, I'll give that a C. I mean, Kluber's in my top five, and you're getting another top 20 pitcher along with him. Uh, you know, I, I, I usually prefer the side getting the best player, and that's clearly Kershaw. But it, it, I think it would depend deep league versus shallow league for me. Shallow league, I'd probably lean Kershaw, deep league, I'd, I'd take the, uh, the extra arm.
0: Yeah, I think we talked about that, you know, a couple weeks ago. If you're going to trade one of those aces, do it for two good pitchers. And this would be an example. Another one uh, is a, a trade proposal sent to Brent from Beer City, USA. Scott and I have no idea where that is, and he's got two Chris Sale offers. He has Sale. He'd give up Sale, he'd get Arietta and Cueto, or Arietta and Strasburg. I t- uh, that one feels a little like. Feels a little risky, cause you got some, some injury risks there, you got Arietta's got the blister, you got Strasburg who's Strasburg, but giving up <laughs> sale to get either Arietta and Quato or Arietta and Strasburg is pretty interesting. What would you do? Or Strasburg and Quato. So any combination it appears of Arietta, Quato, and Strasburg for Chris Sale.
1: Yeah, I, it, it's similar to the, the Kershaw example. It's a little worse. Um, I shallow league, I don't think I could see myself doing it at all. Where, you know, it might depend, the, the Kershaw example, it might depend somewhat on need. I would prefer, of the two arms I'm getting back, I guess I'd prefer Strasburg and Arietta still, but I, I don't know that I have a clear preference between the three, honestly. I mean, Strasburg got pounded yesterday. Granted, it was against the Braves, who kind of always had his number, but. But would you do this? Would you
0: give up sale to get two two of these guys?
1: Eh. <laughs> I'm gonna call that a C minus. Like there are there are instances where I'd do it, but I don't love it.
0: Gotcha. John in Boston. Uh rank these utility players in a head to head categories league. Jerko, Hernan Perez, Baez, and Miguel and uh no. Marco Gonzalez, Chris Taylor.
1: Ma- Wait, Marcos. Marwin. geez, Marwin. what the heck? Marwin? Is that? Too, Scott, yeah. this is
0: your fault. You did this to me.
1: It's too <laughs> early. Uh, all these multi-eligible players. See, this is yes. a guy who would love to have Josh Harrison. All
0: right, let me read them again. Jerko, Hernan Perez, Javi Baez, Marwin Gonzalez, Chris Taylor.
1: All right, so I'm ranking them. Mm-hmm. I'm going Jerko, Gonzalez, Baez, Perez, Taylor.
0: Jerko, Gonzalez, Baez, Perez, Taylor. How about Jed Jerko, Scott? pretty solid year okay he's batting uh he's batting 30351 really no he's batting 307 on base 351 uh 864 ops and uh he's kept it going jed jerko
1: yeah he has i remember early in the year because he's always been a low strikeout player he's always been just looking at the strikeout rate a guy who should hit for higher average than he does and uh he has continued to hit Balls the opposite way at his highest rate ever. Now, I don't know if that's cost him some home run potential. Eight home runs at this point in this particular season isn't that impressive. But um, certainly a useful package overall.
0: And he's slumping right now. Like, you look at the last 18 games, Jerko's batting two sixty nine with one home run. Uh, it could be worse, I guess. But we'll keep an eye on it. Six sixty OPS in his last 18 games. I feel like a Jed Jerko slump is usually... Worse than a 269 batting average, but you know, one,
1: yeah. one home I run. Mean, Jed, Jed Jerko' season's worse than, <laughs> normally yeah. worse than a 269 batting average.
0: But only one home run, so it's something to keep an eye on. Alright, a few more here. Chris in Minneapolis, what is your take on Eric Thames' current slump and your rest of your forecast for Thames? I was offered Shaw, Thames, and Chapman today for Nelson Cruz. Uh, you oh, got you gotta take that.
1: Yeah, you gotta take that. I, I prefer Cruz. I, I think he's the better player, but I don't think Thames is is so far behind. Uh, he's had a bunch of leg issues in May, and what, didn't he have an illness throat. at that point? Yeah, he had yeah, strep throat. Like it was, it was kind of a screwy month for him. And I, I still like what we're seeing from him peripherally, peripherally with all the walks and. And I still like the batted ball profile. Um, I, I think he's going to get hot again here really soon.
0: All right. We haven't done a Thames watch in a while. So we, we are due. Uh, old man Paul Robinson wants the worryometer. We won't put a worryometer on everyone, but who are you worried about from his pitching staff? Dylan Bundy, David Price, Michael Fulmer, Jacob DeGrom, Steven Matz, Noah Sindergaard, Arolas, Chapman, Zach Britton, Robbie Ray, and Tanner Roark, Bundy, <laughs> Price, Fulmer, Degrom, Matts, Cindergard, a lot of Mets. Chapman, Britton, Ray, and Roark. Any uh, any worries there on this pitching staff?
1: Well, I think we've been in, uh, on the same page about Bundy, calling him a sell high consistently, just because we're we're not convinced uh, he's missing enough bats to. Remain as reliable as he has.
0: Yeah. So I was gonna say, like, I want to be done worrying about Dylan Bundy, and maybe that's because I watched his last start and it was one of his better ones in terms of strikeouts. So I can't. Yeah. You know, I, I can't. I, I have to remember that that he still only has fifty nine strikeouts and eighty two and two thirds. What I don't, well, understand... I'm not
1: sure. Like, there's going to be regression. It, it's kind of like what we've been saying with Irvin Santana, though. I'm I'm not confident. Just the bottom's gonna fall out and he's going to become useless all of a sudden, but there, I I do feel like some correction is still coming for Bundy. Uh, otherwise though. Roark. I mean, Matt's, Matt's, he only had five swinging strikes in that first start, but we'll, we'll give him more time. Yeah, Roark. Roark is the other one who concerns me because it looked like he got back on track there, uh, for a 2 start stretch toward the end of May. And uh, he made an adjustment on his grip. He said he had been gripping the ball too tight and, and had two great starts. But then he's followed it up with uh, a couple really shaky ones, more like what we saw from him earlier in the year. And I'm just not, you know, he, was, he had a profile that looked like it was hard to sustain last year. We gave him, at least I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he had had that profile previously in his career. But um, it may finally be catching up to him.
0: He will absolutely, Tanner Roark will have a 265 ERA next year, so look forward (laughs) to that. (laughs) Um, It might be out of the bullpen, though. And finally, we'll end the show with this. Tyler from Minneapolis, looking ahead to a potential Ahmed Rosario call-up. Where might he rank as a corner infielder? And would you drop Brandon Drury for Ahmed Rosario?
1: Well, I don't think he'll be called up as a corner infielder, first of all. I think when he gets called up, it'll be to play shortstop as Drupal Cabrera is bad, has had a bad offensive year. I guess he homered twice yesterday, but still. Yeah, he also he's I think had, he made an
0: error yesterday.
1: He's had an even worse defensive year. It just just for defense alone, the the Mets need to go ahead and bring up Ahmed Rosario. Um, I guess hypothetically, if he does become a quarter infielder, he would. I mean, it'll be harder for him to factor. Well,
0: just rank him as a middle infielder because Drury's a middle
1: infielder, too. Okay. He'd be ahead of Drury for me. He'd... I mean, you know, it's hard to remove the fact that he's shortstop eligible and Drury isn't, and that's clearly the weaker position of the two, but I do think Rosario, when he gets called up, he will be right up there like a Chris Owings level for me.
0: Okay. And if Brandon Drury... If they ever do get the humidor in Arizona, he might be one of the most affected. He has been terrible on the road this year. Brandon Jury is batting 183 with a 247 slugging percentage on the road and he's got like an 1100 OPS at home. So wow. keep that in mind.
1: That is, that is good to know.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at last year too, and he, <laughs> the same thing. I mean, not, not nearly as bad on the road, but still very bad. OPS, like 640, and at home, uh, OPS around 920. So, or 930 so, yeah. or something.
1: Two-year trend, that's even more. I've, I've been frustrated picking Brandon Drury in my top 10 sleeper hitters for upcoming week X. Um,
0: but now if he's got a home week,
1: Right now, now I know that's the key—the key to picking him. Not just good matchups, but is he home?
0: There it is. All right, thank you, Scott. Uh, I appreciate—I know you didn't have to do this, so I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure being in your bedroom. <laughs> oh
1: God, Nice <laughs> awkward ending. Love it. You did this to me, Scott.
0: <laughs> Screwed me up. This morning is crazy. Uh, hey, thanks for bearing with us today. Uh, we'll be back with our normal setup tomorrow. It'll sound much better for you. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball today. For Scott White. I'm Adam Azer, send in those emails fantasy baseball at CBSI We'll talk to you on Wednesday.